guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Liberty Diner Dish. I'm Ken. I'm Michelle. And we're about to jump right into another episode of Queer as Folk. Before we get into episode 403, we want to send a special thank you to some of our patrons. Now, I don't have a complete list here, but we do have some of the names that we, some of our first people to enter the back room with yep. us. Yeah, I see y'all trying to be nasty, trying to come into the back room <laughs> with us. But Bring we, it all up in our business. All in our business. But we want to thank Amy for joining the back room, joining the back room. Manu for joining the back room and Brianna, Lauren, Barbro, Sophia, and our young boy Avery. Thank y'all so much for joining us, and we—it's much appreciated. Thank yeah. you guys. Oh, one more—I forgot. Jenny, I, I do remember that one, but um, I probably next time I'll have a whole list. See, there we go. And <laughs> yeah. we got Jenny. Okay, yeah. come on to the back room, baby. Come on to the back room. So thank y'all, thank y'all. We got some new content coming up for you guys, also. Um, so just stay tuned for that as well. Yeah. So I have an email to share. Um, from. Had Maja in India. She's like, well, if I got a shout out, what would you say? And I was like, well, you know, I can just make something up or you can tell me what to say. And <laughs> and it was, she's like, OK, I got it. I'll just send you something. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm going to find it and read it. Uh, it says this person is the world's best person. They love Brighton to Pluto and back. They love all the characters equally, except in parentheses. This is not true because you know how I feel about a certain character. <laughs> it says, uh, I also do not trouble Eshel. And then it says, we'll always trouble you with my life rambles. And I am the most patient person in the world. And it says, that's also a complete lie. So, hello, Padmaja <laughs> from oh, India. Padmaja from <laughs> India. Thank you, girl. Yes, now I know who you are. Okay. Yeah. Um, we email a lot. So, someone else sent a, a message to us and I responded. And they were like, oh, my gosh, I didn't think you would respond. I'm like, no. We are not oh, kidding yeah. when we say we want you to interact yeah, with us. Yeah, we're interactive, baby. When we say it, we mean it. We love you, mean it, okay? Yeah. Okay, well, so we are at 403, and you said when we were watching today, like, four, season four is already, like, shaking stuff up. Yeah, season four doing the most. Yeah. And we on what? What, what episode was this? Three. three? Number yeah. three. Doing the most. Like, I don't know. Like, And then I know how they always do, like, this mid-season turn. Yeah. So I don't even know. What to? I, well, I and have that'll be no coming idea. up because there are only like 13, right. 14 episodes this season. So, so. like, oh, girl, I don't know. And I, my emotions on edge with season four right now. Yeah. Like, I'm nervous yeah. for everyone. Well, I'm not worried for Michael. I'm not worried for Brian. I'm not worried for um the girls. Yeah. Everybody else, I'm worried about. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Dead young yeah. Deborah, I'm Everybody worried. Everybody else is giving me heart palpitations. Everybody. Yeah. So, Ooh. so we are still not discussing the new intro yet, but we will. I promise, we will. We will get to it. <laughs> but we were just in a hurry, so we didn't get to watch that today. So, anyway, this episode starts out with Blake and Ted, and they are leaving a testing center because that's been pending for right. a while. And I was kind of super shocked, and I think Ted was too. That also super grateful that he's negative. Yeah, I was re- so relieved. Like, although Ted was on my last nerve this last season and then he he hasn't been the best. Right. Starting off in four, but I, didn't, I don't want him to go down that road. You right, know? Like, right. Just, I, it just well, wasn't. It wasn't He's already him. at a vulnerable state yeah. still. I mean, yes, he's in recovery, but he's still at a vulnerable state in there. And if he were to get something like that, that might relapse. just tip him back. Yeah, yeah tip him so. back over. And mm-hmm. then probably send him further down that hole than he already was, you know? Yeah. And the truth of it is, it, it was almost kind of like a luck game because when he comes out, there's another guy who did not get the news nah, that Ted yeah. got. He got the opposite. And so, and I think for a lot of people, definitely during the 80s and the 90s, even early 2000s, that's kind of how it was. Like, True. if two people go in and two come out, could be 50-50, right. could be, you know... Absolutely. But what I do love about the scene is how they were showing the awareness of 
You can't use an excuse of, oh, I don't have the money to go get tested. It was clear in big letters, free clinic. Right. Go out there and get tested. Know your status, guys. Yeah, you know, know that for yourself and for the other people that you will be engaging with. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm glad they, they did circle back to that because I was thinking, okay, they touched on it, but we're just going to sweep it under the rug. Right. But... And it would be unrealistic to not address that. You right. have to go back and give us some right. kind of answer about that. Because he literally has no idea how many people or, you know, what was or going on. Or just what on. happened. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't know Aside any from of that. what he saw on the screen, right. he knows nothing. Right. True, true, true. And when he was out, I mean, they could have shot him up with anything. A lot of cases of HIV comes from, you know, sharing needles and things right. like that. And I know when you're dealing with Crystal, you can either snort it, smoke it, or shoot it. You right. know what I'm saying? So, I mean, we don't always saw him doing what smoking the pipe, but we don't know if he was doing other ways of, of injecting it, you know, yeah. of using it, I mean. Yeah. Well, he has this good news. And so Blake is like, okay, what's next? And he says, if you can do anything in the world, what would you do? And Ted says that he's always wanted to be an opera singer. Uh, which I guess I kind of would expect that, but I never really thought he would, that would be something he would list as a right, like career a, choice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know it's a passion of yours. Like, it's a, it's a great hobby for you to sit down and yeah. listen and enjoy, but I never thought that you would consider that as a career choice. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Uh, well, Blake tells him, well, then you should do it. You should sing. Like, he needs something that he loves, something to make him feel good. And I kind of, I like that advice. Um, maybe it's not something he can do permanently. I was thinking not maybe like for the career, right. but definitely go to some classes, make this something a fun hobby. Just as you're so, trying to yeah. get your feet back under you, as you're trying to find some joy and purpose in life, maybe. Facts. Yeah. But to be honest, this is how this came about for me. Like I was struggling. Like I was, yeah. I mean, I'm not, not struggling personally like that, but I was struggling not as in crisis, in, yeah, but just kind of free floating. Yeah. Trying yeah. to get, get my feet. And when you came with this concept, it was like, Oh my God, I think I can do this. Yeah. I mean, like, Everyone's told me I should do this. Like, mm-hmm. I think I can do this. And then we started doing it. And now look at us. Season four. We're yeah. here. So, yes, Ted, <laughs> go for it, babe. <laughs> yeah. Also out on the on on a stroll um, is the original gang minus Ted. So that's Brian, um, Michael and, and Emmett. And this scene kind of takes me back to season one when even though Justin was around, it was mostly just Michael Emmett, Ted and Brian. Mm-hmm. And my how things have changed. A lot. Okay. Yeah. Like, like it's almost weird to see just the three of them together. I know. It's like we're, we're definitely missing something. <laughs> yeah. Like what's going on? Yeah. Oh, Emmett, who his body is looking amazing, by the way. Uh, he says that he's been going to the gym religiously, like trying to get back <laughs> into shape. And Brian asked if that's why he was kneeling in the steam room. <laughs> ah, come through. <laughs> yeah. Let us know. Yeah. And uh, Michael tells him that he looks fine, and he is so offended by this. Fine. Like, fine, fine. <laughs> like, that's okay for you two, because you both have a husband. Yeah. And he anticipates Brian's retort, which is not verbally spoken. No. <laughs> yeah. And so they mean it's like, wife, partner, passing acquaintance. <laughs> I think in Emmett's mind, all of those mean the same thing in that situation. He's just trying to decide whichever label Brian's yeah. going to be comfortable with right now. <laughs> we know Brian doesn't do boyfriends, so we can't say that. We can't say husband. So, but we're going to find. Yeah, we're going to find the word. Yeah. It all means the same thing <laughs> is what they're like. They're saying, like, we already know what it means. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so do you think Emmett is back on the prowl? I was thinking about that. Um. Yeah, I think Emmett is. Well, I think. They say the best way to get over somebody is to get under somebody. Yeah. So I think that, yes, he may he may not be, like, back on the prowl looking for a man. He may not be looking, but yeah. it's just like. But if something comes along, he's not going to throw it out, you know? Like, he's if he's, if it's an attraction to him, yeah. I think he's going to go for it. Yeah. But I don't think he's out there, like, just seeking and searching for anything. Yeah. He's just getting his feet back under him. I can kind of see that. Um, well, Emmett looks over, and he sees Ted right as Ted looks over and sees Emmett. <laughs> 
<laughs> and right. I, I love the scene with like the Western duel yeah. between two of these to stare down and there. And the little fingers moving like they're yeah. getting ready to draw the gun. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, Emmett flees, but Michael and Brian kind of have no choice but to but to charge ahead. And they're not going <laughs> to flee from Ted anyway. Um, well, Ted speaks and uh, Brian does not. <laughs> um, Michael suggests that they get together sometime and we get a Kenny eyebrow raise because he's like, really, Michael? <laughs> yeah, Brian's over it. Like, no, nah, we're going to give Theodore his space. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know where his head is at. Like, mm-hmm. we're going to let this chill. We're going to ride this one out. Yeah, I think he's definitely going to defer to, like, whatever. Yeah. Right. Um, but Michael notices that Ted was acting a bit weird and he says, well, maybe Ted thinks that we're judging him. And Brian's like, well, I am. <laughs> I love how honest he is because, yeah. you know, it's always going to be that one friend or a few friends that's going to judge you. Like, yeah, we were cool, but, um, girl, I don't know you no more. I don't yeah. know. Why are you acting like that? Well, yeah. who, who are you? You know, he's judging. Yeah. Well, and be I, honest with it. I don't think he's necessarily judging him like because of what he did, but I think he's waiting to see what Ted is going to do next. Right. And not necessarily because he thinks he will fail. But, but it's too soon. Like, well, I'm not going to jump on that bandwagon yet. I want to see the work that you put in it. I yeah. want to see the progress you make. Like, I'm here for it, but I'm not going to I'm not gonna jump on this, you know, yay, mm-hmm. just yet. Because, I mean, baby, you got a weekend. Right. Well, I think he would judge Ted if he spent too much time on the sidelines. Right. Just like, okay, we're all, what happened happened. Like, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. But, okay, let's keep living. And so I think he would judge him on what he does next. Right. But he's not going to judge him on what happened in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, then we see uh, Justin, Cody, and some other folks at Justin and Daphne's place, and they are strategizing because this is the pink posse group. And Cody says that they need a uniformed appearance. Um, And Justin is thinking, well, wouldn't we be more effective if we were incognito? But that's the thing. Cody's like, no, we want to be seen. We want them to know that it's us, that we are the ones defending the streets here. The whole point is to be noticed. Well, Daphne comes in, and that's when she meets the whole Pink Posse group. And Justin tells him that this is my best friend. Like, when we were in high school, we formed the Gay-Straight Alliance. And she's like, I was the straight half. Being really cute. Yeah. And she is interested in doing and being a part of whatever work is being done to save other people from what her best friend experienced. And so she asks if she can join. And Cody says it's only for queers. And... You know, I'm kind of like part of me is like ready to like rip him to shreds for saying something like that, especially because you're in Daphne's house. You're yeah. playing barbershop in my living room. That part. But he is not the only person who thinks like that. Like, no. I know there are a lot of communities that kind of it's almost like a gatekeeping thing, mm-hmm. you know. But I feel like if we're going to do if you're going to make any type of difference, you need a gay and straight alliance. You need mm-hmm. somebody in that world to advocate for you, mm-hmm. shutting her out and saying only the queers are going to do this. And then the way he's making it sounds like you're going out looking for some shit, you know, like, baby, you're not getting a good rep. You're not going to make the community. You're not going to make people want. Yeah. To respect you're this you're ostracizing. Yeah. people. And, and I get the whole thing where it's like we need because he says. It's about queers defending queers. It's about us defending ourselves. I get, so I, I, get I understand that. that too. But baby, Rome wasn't built in a day, right? Well, and also like, I, I don't know. It's just it's tricky because I know that there are other movements that way that are like not not the majority of the people in those movements or organizations, but there are some. They're like, well, if you don't look like us, if you don't share my skin color or my ethnicity, or if you don't share my genitalia or whatever, right. you can't be. You don't know my plight, really, and so you can't be in this fight with us because you don't get it. There are some people in the community who don't think straight allies should be at Pride or Pride-related events. And so I know that that idea exists, and so... Yeah, I'm not saying I necessarily agree. Yeah, I don't... I just... I know it exists. It's not... It's not for me. I don't agree with it. I know know it's out there. Yeah. I don't mean to offend anyone. And I understand where it's coming from. So I'm not, I know that there are some people who just want to hate Cody on principle, and that's fine. 
but he does represent an opinion that's not that uncommon. Yeah, true. Um, sidebar. Maybe I'm just a whore. Why do I like every newcomer that comes on you to the show? You do. Like everybody like, who, every, who everyone else hates, you're like, mm, that one. I know. I'm like, <laughs> I always want the underdog. You know, the unfavorable one. <laughs> yeah. God, I can't stop looking at that yeah. boy. God, my God, my God. Mm, those eyes. Yeah. But anyway. Um. Okay. Well, Daphne is clearly not happy with Cody's opinion, but she doesn't challenge it. And But... She ain't going to go away quietly. She Uh-oh. says, well, I'll just get my straight soda and go to my straight room and do my straight studies. But so in season one, Daphne identifies as a black woman. Right. Now, she's already got two strikes against her, yeah. according to some parts of society. She's a woman well, and, and she's, she's black. black. So, yeah. yeah. So she can say, you know what? I understand a little something about injustice, but she doesn't do that. She just kind of picks her battles mm-hmm. wisely on this. But um, but Justin wants to know why his best friend can't can't join and Cody says what we said earlier it's about queers defending ourselves and you dilute the mission when you include straight people so the question that I'm thinking is if the goal is to keep the streets safe then why not accept all the help you can get that there's part, power in numbers it is you can he has an alternative motive like I yeah mean, he's he, he's I think it comes out later in right. the episode well just because no no I mean not even not even what comes out later and later in the episode but the first time we met him, he was mm-hmm. extremely aggressive. Like, mm-hmm. I want to, I know I was all for Cody and the pink posse. I still stand for, I, I for that idea. I got my pink shirt in the closet. Right. I'm not going to yeah. put it on yet. Well, but, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, I got my little pink posse shirt. Because I, I believe in what it's, I like what it stands for. Like, mm-hmm. what I like it, what that we're not going to take it. Yeah. But there, there's some weird slant to right. you that I'm, I'm not, not sure I don't about. know what it is yet, but I'm not. I'm feeling like uh, mm-hmm. it's a little off. Mm-hmm. Like I see where he's going with it. So, ooh, so in thinking about the Pink Posse arc and then doing some research for this episode, because of course I did ten hours of research, <laughs> literally for for this episode. But I am so excited to talk about something. But I don't know that we'll get to part of it. We'll get to it today. Maybe next episode. Well, the way I forget so happy, where it comes up. I want to know. But I'm like so excited to tell you about it yes. when we get there. Okay. Anyway, moving on. So they're going to be patrolling the streets in teams of two. And Cody puts Justin on his team. And I think it's because he's like, I need to continue grooming this yes, one. Yes, he yeah. does. Because he, he knows Justin. Well, Justin's well, got that heart of gold. Like he, does. he wants to do right by people. And he wants the right thing done for people, but he's still... He needs to change Justin's mind. He needs to mm-hmm. get in there and shape it to what he needs yeah, it to be. Yeah, he's got too yeah. much flesh to his heart. He needs yeah. to be all stone. No, facts. No, and <laughs> yeah. that's what it is. And also, I think the way he looks at Justin, too, I think that I think that he has a little crush. I was like, uh-uh. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. Yeah. Justin, we're not going down this road this season. I I, I'm throwing your ass out this time. I don't know if I trust you, Cody. Yeah, I don't like it. So... Michael is hanging with Mel and Lindsay, and he tells them that Ted, he saw Ted, and he was being a little weird. And um, But I kind of get Ted wanting to avoid all of the, the questions and the awkwardness and um, not wanting to make them feel burdened and awkward. But even though the gang is very far from perfect, like, they do still love him. I don't get any of that because they didn't ask him anything out the way. Hey, how are you? That is normal. Yeah. Hey, you want to grab something to eat? You want to get some lunch? You want to do what's new? Like, where are you going? That's normal shit. It's not yeah. like, how was that crack rock? Well, I think it depends <laughs> on how you carry your guilt. And so some people, the way they carry their guilt, they feel like everybody sees it on them all the time. And so you don't want anybody that you know 
It's just like, okay, so during quarantine, I like gained a little bit of weight. Right. And it sounds like, I don't want to see the people in my normal life because right. I know I'm fat now. <laughs> I get <laughs> that, but that's different. You didn't want but... to see them, but you would, if they said, hey, girl, we ain't seen you in a minute, let's get together. No, I wouldn't. You wouldn't have? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I understand the guilt and stuff like that, but it gets to a point where. Well, in the you shame. To, yes. That's probably more so. I wasn't guilt. Probably more like this right. re- weird embarrassment. And so even in like silly, simple things, but his is not a silly, simple thing. No, it's huge. And so in Blake talks about it later and we'll 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 cover it then. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying, too. I'm just like, you have to accept the help sometime. If you want to get your life back to normal, then you need to start doing normal things. Mm-hmm. You can't cut people out of your lives who are who are making the effort several times to make yeah. efforts to come see you yeah. and go out their way to be with you. Well, I he's mean, a little bit paranoid. Like, he felt like the girls were judging him. Because remember when they found the pipe in his kitchen, right. he felt like they were judging him and thinking that he was going to use That's it That's understandable. That is understandable. I would tell him not to even answer the damn door. Like, throw that shit away <laughs> right. now. Like, don't open it, bro. Like, look through the peephole first. <laughs> what is that with these people not looking through peepholes? Just know. opening a door. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. But anyway... I can understand um, that, though. Yeah. Well, anyway, they are baking cookies for Ted because they love him that much. They're baking cookies. And Emmett comes in because he's still living with the girls. And he grabs a few cookies and they stop him saying they're for Ted. I'm thinking two cookies wouldn't have made a difference. No. I was like, why do you do that? <laughs> yeah. You have a, he's about to get a handful. Right. And then you're going to tell Michael, like, shh, nay on the Ted, eh? Yeah. But then you go, uh, Emmett, those are for Ted. And then just look like. <laughs> She's she just looking like, yeah, I said it. Yeah. I said what I said. Yeah. So Emmett seems a little offended, and it probably feels like they're picking sides. That's what it feels or like. Or like, y'all are more concerned about Ted's feelings than mine. And it does, I mean, yes, you're letting me live here, but I got feelings and emotions and thoughts right. about this whole breakup and Ted situation, too. And you're walking on eggshells for him, but I can get... And he was the one who really suffered, I feel like, in the end. You know, like... He lost a relationship. He lost his place to live. Um, he lost $5,000 because he was covering him. And now he's feeling alienated from his friends. You mm-hmm. know, like, where were y'all for me? Like, I was the one suffering. Yeah. This man was living his best life. Mm-hmm. Where, where were y'all for me? So I kind of feel like my heart kind of goes out to Emmett. Uh, I think he's being a tad bit bratty. The way yeah, he, like, he, put, uh, he took piece. a bite of the cookie he and then put, put the, it back. He put cookie back. Yeah. Take that to Ted. Well, yeah, that, get a, that's my poor, um, That's my contribution. Make sure he knows that's the one for me. That's the one for me. Yeah. I was like, damn. Yeah. Um, but I like that Emmett is wearing a turtleneck in this scene. It's the scene. It seems like in the world of queers folk, like turtleneck equals adulting and that maturity. That part, girl, I'm telling you, because <laughs> you know, Brad love a good turtleneck. It can be 100 degrees in the summer and he going to be in a turtleneck. So maybe that's just a gay thing. I don't know. Gonna, I don't know. He's going to be in a turtleneck. Yeah. Uh, so Jennifer is back at the loft. And this time she's showing Brian office spaces. And she's um, showing him some really nice executive spaces. And he says, well, that's not kinetic. Kinetic is Brian very, through and through. And so it needs to kind of reflect him. And the loft is nice, um, nicer when it's furnished, but the neighborhood and the building itself is pretty grungy. Right. But the loft is great because of the storied legend. It's Brian's lair. Right, you know? right. So that's what makes it so, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Infamous. Yeah. Well, so Jennifer has to keep looking because none of what she's showing him is really doing it for him. 
Well, Justin walks in with his new do, and Jennifer about has a heart attack. Girl, I damn near fell out, too. You, <laughs> yeah. you cut those beautiful golden locks. Yeah, I know when we saw that scene and he went and sat in the chair, you are like, he's not going to cut it, is he? <laughs> uh, I know. I got the scream. I'm like, no, what are you? I, I just knew the clip was going to go out. And he yeah, or he was just going to be like, really? Is this yeah. necessary? Like, no, I don't need the cut. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? What was the purpose of cutting their hair? So they could all look alike. I, know, I get well, that. Well, no, but no. Cody had the, the look first, and I would have said, well, you can just grow yours yeah, out. Yeah, grow yours like out. But we can look like, matter of fact, we're going to get the matching <laughs> shoestrings and shoes and pants and shirt. <laughs> then we look alike. Okay? Yeah. Like, get it together. I don't know. Yeah. That, Justin hair was gorgeous. It was gorgeous. It was like the most beautiful it's ever been in episode one and two of season four. Right. Yeah. And I, I will say this. My mom is the same way. My sister, like, cut her hair one time, and my mama was like, do you need to see a therapist? Right. No, for <laughs> real. Like, baby, something up. Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. So I get Jennifer uh, panicking. Um, well, Justin acts like it's no big deal that he cut off those luscious locks. And, and it's not even just a cut. He got a buzz a cut. A buzz, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it'd be different. He got a little Because he had it short feather. in season yeah. one. I love the way he looked in season one. It was yeah. short, like a little, he could have had a little faux hawk or something. It was feathered. Yeah. It could have been beautiful, you know, but. This boy went like it's gone. It's gone. Yeah, the thrill is gone. <laughs> gone, like yeah. NSYNC said. But he still looks good with it. I think kind of. Um, well, Brian is walking around looking at it, trying to decide what he thinks. And I love that he just like beelines to him when yeah. he walks in, and you just know he's using all of his self control to keep his hands off Justin's head while Jennifer is yep. there. And Jennifer says that his hair was so beautiful and. Justin says, well, maybe that was the problem. And I think what he's saying is perhaps that made people think he was weak. Like, I'm too pretty to do anything about you saying something offensive to me. And so he's like, maybe you needed to go. Yeah, no, I I can definitely feel that. I mean, it goes back to sometimes when I'm moving around through the city, if I know I'm going to a certain part of town, I'm not going to dress the way I want to dress. You know, I have to accommodate to what leave that the neighborhood in the, in the I, exactly yeah. I will leave because you know I love me some good glitter you and I love, love me some, some good color. glitter and some colors yeah, you do. so uh, I, I, I dress for that area that I'm right. going to so no one's fucking with me right. and, you know like there are no like hey even if I suspect that he's gay he's still gonna get out there although I'm not getting out there but <laughs> you know like but I'll hold my own at least you know fight back or whatever case um, yeah so they won't words, bother you defend exactly. myself yeah um, but yeah so I understand what he's saying with that. I mean, yeah. sometimes you got to make that statement. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he tells her that they all got haircuts. He tells her, you know, this is something that we're doing as the Pink Posse. We are protecting Liberty Avenue from homophobes. And he says, in case you weren't aware, there was a bashing. And Jennifer's like, I'm very much aware. Love and that. I also know that you were bashed. And she's very concerned about him going out looking for these troublemakers or even trying to engage with them. And he's like, don't tell me what to do. And uh, now, for one, he got way crunk. But it's like, don't fucking tell me what to do. Yeah, that's. What I don't said. care if you're grown. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I don't care if you're forty. That's not how we speak you, to the you mother. Do not speak to the mother that way, because yeah. my mama would have came over there. For okay? real, like yeah. it would have been all she wrote. <laughs> I, the pink posse would have had to been in the loft that day <laughs> to save me yeah. from Miss Sherry, because she is not playing with your boy. Okay. Yeah. Oh, her name is Sherry, too. Uh, I think Sherry Miller, Jennifer's Oh, see, there we go. So Brian tells him, like, tone it down. And he's always trying to preserve that relationship between Justin and his mom because he knows how lucky Justin is to be a gay man with a loving and accepting mother, Um, a mother who did the work to not lose her son after he first came out. Even though she had some stumbles at the Mm -hmm. beginning, she kept working and kept loving her son. And that is something that not everybody gets. And so, like, Brian doesn't have that. And so he's always trying to preserve that. between the None of them have it except for Michael and right. um, and Justin. Right. They're yeah. the only ones. 
Uh, he tells him, take it easy, Timberlake, which is a beautiful bit of comedy because I think that was about the time when Justin, Justin Timberlake cut, cut, cut off yeah. those golden uh, yes. curls. I didn't yeah. even catch, a, um, catch that. And you know in that time I love me some JT. You like did. God, And I always call him JT as well. <laughs> yeah. That is so funny. But that is Brian's way of diffusing the situation with a bit of humor instead of going all parental because they do have this, because their ages are so different when they are in situations like that. It, they could easily go parental, but he right. doesn't. He doesn't. Yeah, ever cross that line. I feel. Um, well, Jennifer says, Brian, will you please talk some sense into him? And Brian says, Now, now, Mother Taylor, Justin's a big boy. He should be allowed to make his own mistakes. And even though he does think this is a mistake, he stands by Justin's side when he's talking to Jennifer, like with the hand on him connected to him, because he's going to defend him and stand beside him and and respect his right to make his own choices, even when he might think that Jennifer's right. No, facts. And I mean, that's what a relationship is. I mean, you're going to stand beside your mate even when you don't agree with their choices they're making, but you have no choice but to stand beside them because you can't force them to do or not do something. I love that he doesn't like the situation, but like you said, he's still going to stand there. He's still going to support or any way possible. I love that he lets Justin make his own his own choices. Yeah. And like you said, he got to make his own mistakes. Sometimes right. you got to touch that stove to see that it's hot to never touch it again. That's right. Yeah. You know, so. Exactly. Well, Jennifer leaves and Brian finally gets to rub his hands all over that buzz cut without pretending he's just doing it to be annoying. And he tells him, your haircut's hot. I couldn't wait for this scene because I knew <laughs> right when he touched him and said that, we were about to get one of them hot and steamies. <laughs> And they cut his short on they you. They did. They cut his short on me, but they it's okay. They robbed you, yeah. I know. I they know. made they, up they for twice. it. Yeah. They did it to me twice this episode, but we'll get to the yeah. other one. Yeah, but, but they did get you a little bit later. Oh, uh, yeah, they yeah. did. We'll talk about mm-hmm. it. Um, well, Ted goes in for an audition. He listens to Blake, and he says that he did some college performances, but it's been a little minute, so he's nervous. Now, I'm willing to bet a few coins that this is not Scott Lowell's voice. Right. But I'm impressed by the voice that they picked because I was thinking that they it were going to— It sounds like him. Yeah. Well, I thought they were going to go, like, you know, the terrible auditions for American Idol. Yeah. I thought they were going to do that mm-hmm. and have it be this, like, humiliating thing for right. him. I'm so glad they didn't do that. No, and it was didn't. actually a really nice voice. It was. And also, I just want to um, b- give a, a big up to, um, to Scott as well. Yeah. He had to learn that song. I was looking at his lip sync. Like, his lip sync was phenomenal. The way his tongue was moving, his mouth, like, even his... The throat. The throat. He was really singing those those words. I mean, I would love to hear his real voice with that as well. But he was hitting that mug, and I was like, wow. Like, he... Really, really dedicated himself to this to this part. Yeah, and it it was dope. It made me want to go get the little CD. I'm like, let me get me some opera right now. Yeah, out there, give me some La Traviata. (laughs) Nah, you're not gonna. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, not for for you to try to sing it. (laughs) If you just want to listen to it, that's one thing. Well, girl, you like I can sing in the the bathroom, the shower. Okay, no, let's (laughs) just move on forward (laughs) past that lie. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so we see Vic, and he is rushing into his room and awaiting Rodney is there on the bed and he says that Debbie is asleep. Actually, he says she's sawing enough wood down there to keep us warm all winter. <laughs> she calling all the hogs, okay? Yeah. Um, well, Vic is acting like a teenager who snuck his boyfriend in through the window. And Thanks. I love it, though. Like, this Vic standing next to season one Vic is just everything. Rodney brings the best out of mm-hmm. him. Yeah, and it's so good to see him thriving, not yeah. just surviving. It's like he has a new lease on life. Mm-hmm. You know, like he turned over something new. Yeah. I mean, he has this light. In each in his season, eyes. he's picking up more things. Yeah. You know, like, okay, here's something that I can do for work. Like, I'm trying to enter the workforce right. again. I'm trying to do this. Now I'm in a relationship and I'm trying to build a life with that. And so 
He's picking up new things every season. He's the example Ted needs to look at. Like, yeah. I mean, season one, we thought Vic was going to die by the end of it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like maybe well, three Well, we're supposed three to seasons. be dead yeah. before the pilot episode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, and then he went to trial. I mean, everything. Right. I forgot um, that. Got back into work, but couldn't hadn't worked in so long. I mean, it was terrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything. But he never gave up. Right. You know, like mm-hmm. he kept fighting and fighting and fighting, just kept in his head And he, he he constantly jokes that he's in that forgotten population, the older gay men. Yeah. He constantly jokes about that. But he is still trying to find life. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I really like it. Um, well, right as they are starting to warm each other up between the sheets, Debbie comes marching in asking if they're going to watch uh, By Love Possessed on AMC. <laughs> And she comes over and sits on the bed. On the bed. Yeah, like, read the room, Debbie. Baby, they're under the sheets and no shirts on, okay? <laughs> yeah. Under the sheets, baby. Under the sheets. Yeah. And then she's telling them she's going to warm up some popovers for them. And they've kind of got no choice but to go along with what she's saying. She doesn't even read facial expressions. I no. mean, Vic went from looking happy, bright, living his best life to dead. Yeah. Like, his whole, like... The, the sparkling eye was gone, baby. The 4th of July had just yeah, left. Yeah, and Rodney is clearly looking like, are you kidding me? Yeah, like, baby. It, and she made him scoot over. Yeah. Just scoot over. <laughs> no, baby. This is my bed. Okay. Yeah. They brought that mattress together. They sure mm-hmm. did. Um, she um, you know, is waiting for them to come. Well, not waiting patiently for them to come downstairs. She keeps summoning them down there. <laughs> and Rodney is over it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, he, I would be, too. I mean, mm-hmm. Debbie's a sweet woman. She really right. is. She's a, you know, She always has the best intentions. But, baby, you're a smotherer. Okay? Right. Yeah, you are. Like, yeah. we got to get Carl back for you because I'm trying to live my best life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rodney is about to say something, but Vic stops him. And he's like, well, it's her house. And but I think that's not the only reason he tolerates it. Like the thing, Debbie's lonely. Like mm-hmm. who else has she got to socialize right. with? And for a couple of years now, definitely since season one, it's been her and Vic mm-hmm. in the house. And um, she had that brief little dalliance with Detective Horvath. Yes. But but she's alone again, and so she's kind of leeching onto onto Vic, which right. is not fair, not right. But but that's her normal. That is her normal. Yeah, and that's what she's used to, and that is her friend circle right now. Because mm-hmm. I imagine, like I know her and Jennifer are friends, but their their lives aren't working out just hang out like that right you know and then she's got these routines with with Vic too and so yeah yeah it's just a little tricky for her at the moment you mentioned something earlier about Scott Lowell's performance and it made me think about about Jack Weatherall I think plays Uncle Vic like we praise Gail's acting for Brian a whole lot and it should be because he plays a very nuanced character with great precision and subtlety but to me, all of these actors become their characters. Yes. Like, I think he is perfect as Uncle Vic. I mean, perfect. Yeah. I couldn't see him. If I saw him in something else, he would always be Uncle Vic. I know. That's me. Yeah. yeah. I did see him in a play. It was like a virtual play that he did. And Randy Harrison was in it also. Oh, and wow. they, And they made, like, it was like a subtle little joke I that was made. I love that. Yeah. And uh, the, that the two of them hadn't seen each other in a while. But um, but he was still Uncle Vic. Right. Absolutely. That. But no, he, he delivers. He really does. Like, and for me, with him... It's his facial expressions. Mm-hmm. He tells a story so effortlessly with just a, like a sigh, yeah. a wink, mm-hmm. you know, the way he holds his mouth. You can tell he's yeah. getting ready to say, like, I was going to say this, but I'm going to hold it back. Mm-hmm. He knows what to give a you. A slight and, pause yeah, from his body when exactly. he's saying certain things. Like, yeah, he's I mean, perfect. He's in control of every muscle on him. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, he knows he's, his body really is his instrument. Yeah. And he knows exactly how to play the tune that he's looking for. Mm-hmm. Kills the game. Yeah. All of them, but I mean, all of them. Really, yeah, but we're just calling out an individual mm-hmm. right now, but all of them, yeah. Uh, well, Ted is home and Michael comes over for a visit. Now, mind you, he is eating a cookie. Now, 
Emmett couldn't eat a cookie, but Michael's eating the cookie. And he was already eating one at the table, so yeah. I mean. Yeah, and Michael is pressuring him to hang out, and he, but he's trying to be real casual about it, but he's got him cornered at the door. He won't let him get away. Right. And Ted has one excuse after the next, and then he finally tells him, I'm going to a meeting right now. I'm really busy with group and all this other stuff, and you're just trying to figure life out. And Michael just tells him, I just want you to know that I'm your friend. I was your friend before this happened, and I'm your friend now. And I think that's all Ted needed to hear. And I think probably Michael should have just, like, left the ball in Ted's court at that point. But it's tricky with friends because there are some where you have to keep pulling them out of their shell and out of the house. I'm that one. Yeah, but there are others who they don't want that. It's like, no, I'll come find you when I want you. But he probably knows Ted. You know, when Ted went on the masturbation thing, he just locked himself in the house. Even this crystal thing. Yeah, Yeah, the crystal thing. You you have to stay on him. So I understand. Like, I bet they feel like, damn, we wasn't there for him when he needed us. That's why he went down this right. road. We don't want him to slip through the yeah, cracks. Yeah, so he's not going to slip through the cracks again. I'm going to show up for him. And I called. He didn't answer. So I'm going to show up. Yeah. And he's not leaving. I'm not leaving without an answer, you know? So, yeah. I mean, I feel like Ted is one of those friends you have to be persistent on. Yeah. But maybe it's just too soon. Yeah, I think so. And especially because, and yeah, like even though he is being more, more pushing them away, I, I do... It can seem like Michael's being annoying, but I do get why he is continuing to yeah. try to, um, yeah. That's a good friend. It is make a sure good that friend. Good. And, because and he's also, doing it from a good place. He did. And he wanted to reassure him, like, hey, I understand what you're going through. The ball, he basically kind of did leave the ball in his court, you know, but I mean, he, a lot of forcing. <laughs> but, um, you know, I know what you're going well, he, through. He does, but then he picks the ball back up yeah, a little later yeah, in the episode. Yeah, he, yeah. he does. He, he goes back up, most, over yeah. there to the apartment, picks For the ball real. back up. Like, yeah. And maybe yeah. you're not no hooper. So <laughs> leave, leave the ball at the house. Leave the ball alone. Yeah. Okay. Over at the loft, Justin is headed out in a pink shirt and some camo pants. Okay, I will go ahead. Well, no, I'll say it later. Never mind. Uh, and Brian is trying to act all calm, cool, and collected, but you know he is worried. He does not want him doing this. It's dangerous. Yeah. Well, it's one thing to talk about wild ideas with people, but this is this is starting to, like, it's impacting the way Justin looks, like how he's dressing, how he has his hair, the way he talks, like everything. His is, attitude has changed. Yeah, his he's attitude aggressive. is bad. Yeah. Everything is Cody says, which happens when you have a bunch of people looking to the guidance of a charismatic leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are used to being ju- to Justin being his own man and thinking for himself, which is something that does kind of make you do a double take with him joining up with the pink posse and just kind of going along with whatever Cody says. But there is something in Justin that's seeking an outlet and one that he hasn't found on his own. And here's Cody, who's blazing a path that seems to be an answer, seems to lead to something that Justin might want. And so... I kind of feel like it's not that different. I know, like, there's danger with one side, but I kind of feel like it's not that different from Emmett going to a fairy gathering to give that a chance, to give him what he needs. Like, this is Justin going to something to try to try to kill two birds with one stone, kind of. You know, like, he can promote justice, but also have an outlet for that anger in him. True. Um, question is, though, uh, with that comparison, we know going to the fairies, that was self-peace. It's peaceful and loving, you mm-hmm. know, and... Finding who you are within. Mm-hmm. Um, the pink posse, from the moment we met these these posses, this posse, yeah. they've talking about hitting these streets and going out and, and, and beating. You know what yeah, I'm mean? saying? Like, right. come over here and we're going to handle you yeah. up, right? We're not going to run. We're not going to call anybody. We're not going to call the cops. We're going to handle it ourselves. That's where the danger comes in. You yeah. never know what a knife, gun, whatever the case. Someone, I mean, I understand Justin needs to do this. He needs to get this stuff out. He has a lot of pent-up emotions. Yeah. We're not saying this is necessarily the yeah. right way, but we right understand way. why but, yes. he's trying to get this out. Yeah, But I understand why Brian is nervous. You yeah, know, like no, I know. do too. Well, and I feel like, you know, of, of course there are clear differences between a fairy gathering and the pink posse, right. of course. But it's about linking up with p- people who have a similar energy. 
And right now, this is Justin's energy. He's angry. You yeah, know, he's no, got he this rage and he needs a place to put it. And these other people have that same rage and they're like, and we're going to do this with it. And so he's like, yeah, okay, let's do that. What happened to going to a kickboxing class? <laughs> <laughs> Punch on the back a little bit. You know what I'm saying? A little yeah. round and round. Like, yeah. come on now. But yeah, so for him right now, this is a place to put his anger. And we know that Justin commits to anything he does. So while I've got concerns, um, and I don't think I love this move for him, I think it's I don't think it's a mischaracterization. No. And um, not in my opinion, not entirely. Uh, because he says himself that he what he has already tried did not work. So he's trying a different path. And I mean, yeah, I'm just torn. Yeah. I, I, I really am. I'm just torn. Yeah, I am too. Yeah. Justin is smart enough to make a difference in a different way. Right. You know, he doesn't have to choose this outlet. But I'm glad that he's focusing his energy on something. It seems as of right now, the Pink Posse is something positive. Maybe not the positivity well, that I yeah. like, but as long as you're keeping the streets safe. It's something active and active. They're, they're doing something. Right. Yeah, yeah. And it seems like they have a good goal. We going to see. Yeah. Uh, well, Brian asked what kind of weapon he's carrying, and Justin says he's carrying pepper spray, which is <laughs> which can be very potent. We've accidentally sprayed that in the house before. Oh, Lord. But uh, <laughs> I'm not sure that that would make me okay with my partner going out to the street to defend the avenue. Like, nah. that's all you got is pepper yeah, spray? Yeah, nah, baby. I'm going to no. need a nightstick, a billy club, <laughs> you know, a little box cutter, something, like, something. something sharp, baby. Yeah. Like, if it's like 20 people on you, baby, that, you, that, add a, you add a spray. Yeah. You mess around and spray yourself. Yeah. Well, Brian says, you're armed and ready for action. He says, I guess this Cody has thought of everything. And Justin says, I remember when my mom used to call you this Brian. Ooh. And uh, Brian says, well, your mom's no fool. She knew her little angel was getting himself into a pack of trouble. And he uses this weird little voice because, you know, he wants to scream at him. And so right. he's just trying to keep it together. And then he mutters, she's not wrong this time, which just a little bar here. As in, she was wrong, wrong last time. She wrong, was wrong, she was wrong about me, yeah. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm the I'm best still you ever had. That part, I'm still sitting here. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's facts. Uh, but uh, he tells him, like, you should really go back to school. Because he's like, you need something to focus on. You need something to do. He tells him, you should go back to school. And Justin is not trying to hear that. He's like, nope, they kicked me out for doing what was right. So, no, I'm not. Not, Girl, he's giving me mad Hunter vibes right here in this mm -hmm. episode. And you know, it's a lot of defiance. Yeah, right and you know, now. I don't like the defiant shit. Like, yeah. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. Well, Brian asks if he's still angry, and he says, "I'm not angry. I'm committed." And Brian says, "To saving the world." He says, "Well, you saved the world from an evil politician." And Brian says, "I didn't do it for the world. True, he did it because it was right, and he did it because of Justin, really." Um, and there's a look on his face that makes it clear he doesn't really want to be that vulnerable right now. So he says, "Well, Stockwell." closed down the back room and forced us to behave like breeders. I did what I did for me. And Justin says, and I'm doing what I have to do for me. So, mm. so then Brian has to watch him leave and he just like, cannot figure out how to get through to him. But I think he can see possible danger up ahead. Yeah. But he, but he also knows that there, once Justin has his mindset on something, there's no, right, there's it. no, like, yeah, you're, no you're not going to stop him. Mm -hmm. Period. I mean, Justin's going to do what Justin needs to do. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's it. So, I mean, his hands are kind of tied. Right. They yeah. are. Yeah. And so it's like, that's got to suck to sit back and have to watch a person make a decision that you do not agree with, but you have to let, let it play out. Yeah. They have to learn on their own. Well, Hunter and Michael are at the comic shop. Uncle Vic comes in needing a bit of help, and he tells Michael about his Debbie problem, and he's worried about moving out and breaking her heart. And he loves her, and he also feels indebted to her. Um, and Michael's like, look, she helped you get your life back so that you could have a life. Like, you're entitled to, right. to live your own life. 
don't feel bad for wanting to have a life. Mm-hmm. I mean, but at the same time, I get where he's coming from. I mean, yeah. she nursed him back to health. Right. She spent every moment like making sure that he was good. You know, that's her baby brother. Well, I think that's her baby brother, right? Or is she? I older? think she's the baby. Is oh, she I the forget. Baby? I think I, she's older than him. She might be. Well, whatever. I that's her brother. Yeah, yeah, later. yeah. It's her brother though. So I mean, that love runs deep, and um, they spent a lot of time together. So. I get what he's saying. Like, he doesn't want to, you know, disappoint her, doesn't want to hurt her, don't want to leave her lonely, leave her unstuck. But at the same time, baby, you got a whole man that's waiting on you. Right. And, baby, that, fir- that fire going to go out in that furnace if Debbie <laughs> busted that door one more time. <laughs> I know. Okay. Like, get or get you a good lock. Yeah. <laughs> something. Don't yeah. Don't have no locks. And I get also, it's probably this thing where, like, okay, I'm going to run off with my person and be happy. But, like, then what she got? What she's right. going to do? What, mm-hmm. You know? So... So I, yeah, I get why it's a hard decision for him. It would be hard for me too. I'll be right. in my therapist's office, like I'm trying to, I want to move yeah, out, but, but I'm scared. I, and I can't. <laughs> but I love what Michael said. Like she took care of you, so you could actually have the life yeah. that you want to live now. Yeah, like, like this was the point of living, yeah, so that you could live. Exactly. Yeah. So go for it, you mm-hmm. know, and don't be afraid. Yeah. And sometimes you just need to have those good talks with somebody that's so close, like. Michael deals with a Debbie. You know, yeah, he we knows how, Debbie. Yeah. He knows how she smothers, and he knows why she smothers. Right. And so that's like the perfect person for him exactly. to go to about it. Because we saw how the way she treated Ben, you yeah. know, for forever and a day. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Don't make us go back there, Debbie. No, Deb. <laughs> that was not your color, girl. <laughs> Ted is sharing his cookies with Blake. And he's also looking at job ads. And they've been here before, but their roles were reversed. True. Remember, uh, Blake was trying to find a job. Uh, well, Ted thinks that he blew the audition and he's thinking he needs to get a real job, something more practical. Um, and he gets a phone call, and it's an offer to sing. He did get the job, turns out. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I you knew know. he was going to get it, though, because when you're passionate about something like that, like, that's his heart. I mean, he introduced Blake to that that world, right. you know. And I just knew he was going to get it. I just knew it. I'm happy for him because he can't. What Brian tell him? If you're already on the rock bottom, you have nowhere else but to go. Yeah. Well, it rhymes with cup. Rhymes with so, cup. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> I knew. I was happy. That was some excellent news. That was the best thing that could have happened to him. Yeah. Then we see Brian and Justin, and they're out strolling down an alley together. And Brian wants to hear how patrol went last night. And Justin says it was uneventful for the most part, which I'm sure Brian is very happy to hear. He says, well, that's the thing about being a superhero. You know, everyone thinks it's about keeping two planets from colliding. But most days, it's just your average run-of-the-mill good deeds. And I know he's being facetious, but I also wonder if he's trying to tell Justin, like, there are simpler and safer ways to be a hero. Yeah, And absolutely. to protect the streets. Like, yeah, there are lots of other ways. Well, they, um, I like that they're kind of walking each other to work or walking right. each other to wherever they're going. I really, I really like that. Uh, but they arrive at this Turkish bathhouse, and uh, Brian says this is where he gets off. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> and Justin thinks it's a little early for that. <laughs> and Brian kind of gestures his head, like inviting him inside, and Justin's like, no thanks. Um, so they kiss in part ways, and Brian walks in, and this place is kind of grimy. Girl, I was like, because this is the scene, I was like... Please, can we get the scene inside of the baths? Yeah, like, and then you're like, okay, good. They're walking in. Yeah, we're walking in. I was like, okay, where are the people at, though? Yeah, because we see him walking around, and he's, like, um, but undoing his jacket. And so he's walking in deeper, and um, and it's kind of dark in there. And then he rounds a corner, and Jennifer is standing there with I was his, like, what? knee-high boots on. I said, I know he ain't going to turn the baths into his office. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But I, I love this scene. There's something so great about it. It's very simple, but it's so great about it. Because it's so it. Brian. Yes. Like, he's snapping all these pictures for his Instagram feed. and uh, We wish. This is my space. Yeah, this is my space. <laughs> <laughs> 
I wonder yeah. what his like page song would be. I know. Girl, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Give it to me. <laughs> Back that ass up, knowing him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, there's a very like charged or sexual in uh, energy running through this place, even though it's empty and rusting. Right. Like there's just something in it. Well, all the memories that it's, he yeah, had. it's very suggestive, like the handles on the shower, like in the way that Brian's taking these pictures, there's just something to it. Um, and he walks into the old orgy room and Jennifer suggests he use it for a conference room. Yeah. Uh, you know, he says, oh yeah, perfect for screwing the competition. That part. Um, and I think what I really like about this scene is that Jennifer gets Brian. Like she embraces him for who she, who he is and she doesn't hold it against him. She's part of the family now. Yeah. Like, and she, she understands the dynamic of everyone. Yeah. So the judging is out the window. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you help my son so much. My son loves you, so I'm going to love you. And she you know? sees how much he loves her son. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, exactly. And I just love the respect and understanding between Jennifer and Brian. And watching that relationship grow over the seasons has been one of my favorite things. True. I mean, well, to be honest, he only little brother to her. You know, like, <laughs> you think about it. She yeah. could be big he's sis. A, he's a weird, like, brother, son-in-law kind <laughs> yeah. of hybrid thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he even like takes a. It looks like he takes a picture of her and then turns it to show it yeah, to her uh-huh. in, in that space. It was cute. Yeah, it was very cute. And I think Brian has found a home for kinetic. Yeah, and which I is can, perfect. Yeah, it, a converted bathhouse, it, like him. perfect for kinetic. I mean, you couldn't have got a bit, and she found it. She yeah, was like, and Jennifer I did think it. this is the space for you. Mm-hmm. Like you like you like or something like that. Yeah. She said about which means she went out and found that. Right. You know, like he didn't say, "Hey, I want to take the spot out." She found it, which means she knows her client. Yeah. And um and he looks happy. Yeah. Like he looks happy. Like yeah. go on, Brian. Yeah, and good job, Jennifer. Give her that commission. <laughs> she said she wasn't getting no- Oh, that was on the house. That was on the house. Oh, this is a different loft. deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She wants the so, commission on that. So no, that was for that deal. Yeah. This is different. <laughs> yeah. Finders fee. That part. <laughs> yeah. Uh so Ted is performing and he's got the voice down, he's got the facial expressions down, the drama. Well, come to find out, he is a singing waiter, but he looks very happy. Why did I think he was on stage, though? I know. It looked like he was on stage yeah, when they I pull out like, and he's got that pepper shaker. Yes, girl. I was like, what What the hell? Like, yeah. Why does he have that pepper, uh, you know, that fresh pepper cracker? I was like, okay. Yeah. And then I was like, in an apron? Oh. Oh, oh. oh, this is a whole restaurant deal. I get it. Yeah. Um, But he's happy, and that's what matters. Right. Yeah, because that can seem like many steps down. From where he came from. From where he was at, having where, his own business, or even being an accountant an before accountant. that. Yeah. Like, but but he's happy, and that's what matters. Uh, well, Vic and Rodney were there for dinner, and they see him, and, you know, none of the Novotnys can keep, or the Grassis can keep a secret. None. So Vic apparently told Michael, because then at the diner, uh, Ben and Michael are talking about it, seeing him there. And Debbie comes over, and they hear her talking about this place, Rigoletto's. And she's like, oh, that place is like a... (laughs) Ride at Disney World, okay. (laughs) Yeah, she says, they have no class. And she's scratching Scratching her armpits. armpits As she's serving tables. (laughs) Yeah, and popping gum. That part, okay. Yeah. Well, uh, Ben and Michael think that they should all go. All go in support of Ted. And Emmett comes in at that moment and asks, like, why would we go there? That place is cheesy. And they tell him, well, Ted is working there. We want to go and... Kind of support him, applaud him, cheer him on. And em- Emmett says, well, you can go and shout bravo without me. So he leaves out. And then Michael, of course, follows him the out. Usual. Yeah. And he tells him, like, we're just trying to support Ted. And Emmett's like, what about supporting me after everything he put me through? And Michael says, well, that's between the two of you. Like, my friendship with him doesn't have anything to do with you. And he says, well, I don't want to treat him how he treated me. That would be unfair. 
And Emmett says, well, what about being fair to me? And why should I be fair to him or anyone else? Do you? What do no, you think I mean, that? Emmett is in the phase. He went from the protecting phase to the sad phase. Now he's in angry. Right. I mean, he's angry and he has the right to be angry. So I'm right there with him. Like, um. I understand why Michael has to be there for Ted. I do. Yeah. But at the same time, you need to give that same energy. Make sure they're both good. Right. That's what I'm saying. Make okay. sure they're both good. And no, sure I'm not saying like divide good. your time 50-50 or whatever, but just like the effort that you're taking to make sure he's okay, take mm-hmm. that effort to make sure I'm okay. Just exactly. because you see me out at Babylon again or you saw me at the fair gathering or whatever. Like, and it took forever for me to get there. Right. So still be checking on me and make sure I'm okay. I'm good. Yeah. If, if you're the kind of person who offers that. To your friends right. and offer it to all of your friends. Exactly. Definitely the ones that you know are going through something. True. And I was here the whole time. You yeah. know, like you saw the pain and suffering I went through. As soon as it happened, I came right to you, yeah. Michael. I'm sleeping on the couch yeah. at Melanie and Lindsay's house. Like I still got stuff going on. Exactly. Like <laughs> I'm know? I'm not a hundred percent, but I'm pushing right. through. Right. Uh well, Deb and Vic are headed out for a movie over at their place, and Vic suggests that they say, He's like, Let's just do a night at home, the two of us. Because he wants to talk to her. Let's bag up right quick, though. So while at the restaurant, Debbie, again, does not even read the room because she was like, what? Vic told me. How did you find this out? Oh, Vic and Rodney were there. What? What? Vic said that Rodney was sick. Girl, he lied. Yeah. Okay, like, <laughs> they needed some time. He out here having a lot of you. Okay. Yeah, there is a problem. Yeah. You're right and about that. She was that. really lost. Like, but he was sick. Like, she was for real. Like, yeah. oh, girl, catch the clue. He yeah, lied. Yeah, they were supposed to go to Babylon <laughs> yeah. with her. I'm like, they probably want to go to Babylon alone, yeah. but okay. Girl. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, he wants to talk to her. And he tells her that he and Rodney have decided to get their own place. He says it's time. And at first, she just kind of freezes. But then she says, you know, it is time. And I think she's probably saying words that she doesn't quite believe. She don't believe it. Or feel, yeah. You can see the eyes filling up. Mm -hmm. But it does end well, though, with uh, Debbie kind of tickle tackling him because she's always been the top in that family. (laughs) (laughs) And I love that cute little sibling moment between the two of them. Well, then Brian, Ben, Michael, Melanie, and Lindsay are all out for dinner at Rigoletto's. They oh. did go to support um, Ted. And this is why I'm thinking, okay, maybe you should have left that, that yeah. ball there. Like, I know what you're trying to do, but... But also, I think go, showing up at my job is not the best first impression again. You know, like, we're getting reacclimated with each other. Like, it's not... No. like And I, who of y'all even knew that I sang? Yeah, and so, like, like, that's clearly something that I've been keeping secreted away over yeah, here. Yeah, like... No, you could have sent some flowers or some shit if you really wanted to be supportive. But just showing up and just front row? Right. Like, no. Like, yeah, well, and it didn't help. Like, Brian was being all complaining about the food. And then when Ted comes out to perform. He's laughing. He's laughing at him. <laughs> and then Ted sees him and he freezes. And so I think Brian was initially laughing because it's just like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this. But then once he saw that Ted was really being affected by this, then he was kind of like, oh. <laughs> like, ooh, okay. Like, ooh, yeah. So much for the show. And I the think show. they all kind of realized maybe this was an overstep. Yeah, it was an overstep for sure. Yeah. Good well, intentions, but, I mean, you missed the mark, bro. Yeah, poorly executed. Yeah. Ted runs over, runs away, and Michael uh, follows him, and he says, we came to support you. And Ted says, if I wanted you to be here, I would have invited you here. Ted's mean, though, like, Yes, we just had the exact same damn thing. Yeah. But can you say it nicer, please? That, that is what I think. You can't force Ted to be comfortable around them, but I think he should tell them that he needs some time and space 
if he's able to do that, and he should tell them, if he's able to tell them, he should tell them why. Like, yeah. At the very least, say, I need a little time and space. Because you're not communicating at right. all. Right. And yeah, maybe he was trying to ask for space when he told Michael that he was busy, but just, you got to say the words. Yeah. Dude. I'm, I'm, Blake I'm, I'm said, not a mind didn't, we, didn't we address avoiding, you know, yeah. <laughs> avoidance uh, in our group session? So like, you need to put that into practice. Exactly. Just to look. I can't do y'all right now. Yeah. <laughs> but let's just pause it. Okay? Yeah, let's just put this on pause. Yeah. And we're going to come back. I, I'm telling we're going to loop back around. <laughs> yeah. Right, we're going to loop it back. I'm going to hit you back yeah, I swear. when I can. Gotcha. But I can't handle that emotionally yeah. right now. Mm-mm. So Let me get my stuff together. Yeah, Let me work on me. That's what I think is missing. Because, right. okay, Ted, I get it. You need your. You need your, You need need a minute. But I need a little communication from exactly. you. Exactly. That's not you going off in my face in this restaurant in front of these people. I don't know. That, that part. <laughs> I'm trying to be here and be supportive for you. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think what's interesting is like when he first got home, he did try to go around them, but it didn't really go how he thought it would. But I don't think he gave it or them enough time to to really kind of work out. I mean, it was that one encounter yeah. at the, 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 the one encounter at the diner and then the girls coming over to his apartment and just catching him in an uncom- in a compromising position. And then he's like, okay, it's awful. And so he just like ran back to Blake. But why is he still cool with the girls though? I feel like they're they're talking. Like they yeah. they're talking with him. Like yeah. they're having conversations, but why is he leaving the boys out of the out Yeah, of, well, and I guess because he did do more of his life around the boys than he did around the girls. Like him and Melanie would, would do things kind of one on one. And I guess he maybe talked to them on the phone, but it does seem like more of his day to day socializing was with the boys, right. not the girls. Um, yeah. Well, the pink posse is patrolling the streets and we get this slow motion stroll of them. And uh, there are a few people on the streets that are applauding them because I guess word is somewhat getting out about who they are and what their mission is. Mm-hmm. And so there are these two guys, probably a couple, walking down the street together and they are heckled by some homophobes or just two bored guys in a car. And well, that's all the ammo that Cody needs for sure. So Boy. a red light, you know, the car stops at a red light. And Cody runs over like a madman and starts pounding on the car, kicking the door, and just initially tells him to calm down. Um, but Cody's like, get out and say that to our face. Get out of the car. Well, so they do get out of the car, and then it's just mayhem. Girl, I was scared for him. I was like, Yeah, okay, well, because Justin gets process. slammed onto the hood of a car in the process. That's what I was saying. I was like, early, like, Justin, don't fight. Yeah, <laughs> we don't see him. Like, in season one, to when Chris Hobbs punched him, he punched him back. Right. But other than that, he don't just. I was like, just don't yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. it, it had me where I was like, oh, Lord, we need a part two. I know, two. this whole thing, I was just worried. Um, well, the Pink Posse has more numbers and more rage, so they prevail. Uh, and they strip the pants off this one guy. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. This is, might be too far. Was, no, that, that was doing the most. Yeah. Like, I said, girl, are they Well, not just his pants, but yeah. And like, I was yeah. like, no, this is this is crossing Undies a line. Undies and everything. They yeah. stripped him naked. Now, I mean, that could be some type of sexual assault. Right, yeah, and like you can't expose people like that yeah. in public. Like that, that might be a little far. Yeah, that, that's far. Or a lot far. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, but there is a, so aside from that part of it, there is a secret part of me that I keep kind of tucked away. That's thinking, I bet this win feels good oh. to them <laughs> because I'm sure some, if not all, of the people in that group were bullied or experienced some bullying or saw some bullying, and so it probably feels good to be. In the winter spot for once Got for it. them. I, misunder- I misunderstood you. I thought you meant like the wind with a D. Oh, no, no, no. The like wind. on those naked asses oh, after gosh. Cody stripped them. No. <laughs> so I thought I was not thinking that we at going. all. Okay, no. Well, you know, my mind always in the gutter. It sure is. Can we please bring it back up to street level? <laughs> I got it back normal. It's up. It's yeah. up. Yeah. So not choosing violence, but I'm just saying I bet that victory Probably felt good to them. Well, it, I know it did. You it, see them cheering in the street. Even other people on the street cheering yeah. for them. It was the best victory because for once, Liberty Avenue 
has had a victory and they had some yeah. type of defense against people coming into their area, calling them all type of crazy names right. and making them feel unwanted in their own space. Yeah. You know? Well, and we saw the two guys, the two homophobes, hightailing. Like, they were the ones running off skin. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, it was... It, hell, I felt good. I didn't like the whole <laughs> stripping naked part. Yeah. But um, I felt good. I thought Cody, yes, went a little crazy. But once he got out the car and they said, oh, who's going to make us a couple fags? And get this fag right here. This right. We all going to stand up. And how they all came together as one, that was powerful for me. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, okay, well, maybe Cody was right. Mm-hmm. And he just looked crazy. Yeah, we went up, yeah, we a little, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're a little insane, but I, I see. I, I see your little psychotic self. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You cute enough. Yeah. <laughs> but damn. But uh, yeah. But my, my only issue I have is with the pink posse is I can understand you attacking somebody if they were attacking you, attacking you I can or attacking you someone else. defending yourself yes. or someone else. Not attacking. Yes. I can understand you defending. Yes. But these people have the freedom of speech. They can say whatever they want to say. It's going to be a lot of people who's going to disagree with you. It's going to be a lot of people that want to say things they want to say. You don't have to associate yourself with those people, but should you get physical? Right. I don't know. You know, like right. I just... I want the pink posse to be in a in a good light. You know, only way I can put it to terms is like civil rights movement. When you look at Martin Luther King, you hear nothing but positive things. You know, it mm-hmm. was nonviolent. He moved in a way where people respected him. I don't know. It just wasn't. It's not one of those movements where you're like, oh, that was peaceful. We got some things accomplished, and, and, yeah, and everybody's like, hearing it's, you it's out. That usually, when people hear radical, they always think something very negative. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just like, oh, pink posse, like y'all just tighten up, yeah, T- tighten it up a little bit. It's really, like, you let's really just come back good. to the table and let's <laughs> just look at our core values again. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah, I have some questions and concerns I'd like to go over. I know. Yeah. I mean, you are, you on the road. Yeah, it's like we made a couple wrong yes. left turns, I think. You're on the shoulder right now. <laughs> like, you see the highway. You're, you're on the highway, but baby, you're on the shoulder. You're almost in the ditch. Yeah. We need you back on the road on your right side. Yeah. Uh, so Justin goes running down the streets and then we're like, okay, where is he running off to? Um, well then Brian is also home and he is awake there at the, at the loft and he hears sirens and he's looking out the window and he knows Justin is out patrolling the street. And so he's very worried. And so that's why he is smoking and about to head out to Babylon, uh, to clear, we know that's how he clears his mind. Um, well then Sunshine comes in and he tells Brian what happened and he's pretty keyed up. Uh, Justin oh, is. Oh, yeah. He's amped up. Adrenaline's popping right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Adrenaline's on like 9,000 yeah. right now. Uh, well, so then they share a, a joint in a chair and then that leads to some very heated, very intense moments of physical fellowship between mm-hmm. the two. <laughs> the infamous season four chair sex scene. And I have no further comments at this time, except it does seem like they're working out some aggression in a way that is consensual and mutually enjoyable. I was in heaven for a good three minutes because they <laughs> cut it short again. They did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was good. I love I love the way they, they they connect. I love that, you know, he just accepted him back in, you know. Yeah. And I think that there's a little bit of um, there's some tension and there's a little bit of like uh, it's not ang- they're not angry at each other, right. but there's just something else. Yeah, it's, it's a little tension going in because Brian doesn't approve of his actions, but he also knows he can't tell right. him he doesn't approve so of his actions. Right, and so he's frustrated, but he's frustrated yeah. because he loves him and he wants exactly. to keep him safe. And Justin's been defensive because he knows that people doesn't approve of these actions, but he's going to do it anyway. Right. So he's like, it's like that, that difficult teenager, like, you want to tell them they shouldn't be doing this, but anything you say, they're going to jump down your throat. Right, well, and spe- you know? and especially after 
getting that rush of endorphins after what they did on right. the street there, then that's going to tell you, yes, you like this. This is good. This makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if he wasn't committed before, he's definitely oh, committed he's in now. now. Yeah. This kind of reminds me of Ben and Michael during the steroid arc because Michael was not happy about Ben's choices, but he was definitely enjoying the physical benefits. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> kind of reminds real. me of that. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of Ben and Michael, they are at the gym working out, and Blake comes over and asks if they can spot him. Well, Michael's like, "We were just going to the showers." Just brushes him right off, like oh, Michael, you were doing so good this episode. Right, you were. Michael is a bit jealous, but mostly just hurt because Ted has chosen Blake over them. That's definitely how it feels to Michael. Like he ran to Blake instead of us, and we've been here for him. We've loved him, and he's chosen Blake over us. And Michael will always be just a little bit territorial when it comes to his friends. And in some ways, I get that. And but Blake does introduce himself to Ben because they haven't met, but Michael has filled him in on the whole story. And I can just imagine the story that Michael yeah. has told. Well, that's about, why that's why Blake, Blake said the whole story. Yeah, because <laughs> like, he's like, I already know. Like, oh lord. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not that guy anymore. Yeah. Well, Blake tells them you have to give Ted time. You remind him of the things that he wants to forget, and he says eventually he'll come around, but it has to be on his own terms. And so. Blake is delivering the message that Ted should have delivered before. Exactly. But couldn't or wouldn't or didn't or whatever. So, And I love that Blake was fearless. He walked right yeah. up to him. He knows that the group don't like him. Right. But he walked right up to him and he knows that Ted is not able to maybe articulate what needs to be said at this moment. Right. He knows Ted is avoiding. So he took the initiative to go talk to his friends. Mm-hmm. I hate that Michael tried to shut him down. Right. Like, if you don't like me, that's fine. But, you know, I'm the only person that's close to your friend at the moment. Mm-hmm. So if you want to end, you need to be talking to me anyway. Right. If and you want any type of information on your friend, you should be talking to me because he's going to shut y'all down. And I'm trying to get him to open up. So don't shut me out. Right. Right. And he's t- like, this is how you get your friend back by giving him this space, giving him this time and then letting him come back around to you. Like he's because re- like you said, Blake knows that Ted needs his friends and family around mm-hmm. him. But it's kind of got to be on his terms right now. That's just what it is. Yeah. And Blake is saying that from experience and being a counselor and being a friend to Ted. So, yeah, they yeah, need to listen. But, they do. They need to listen. Yeah. But um, Ben never surprises me. Yeah. He's such a sweet, sweet guy. Stays there. Says, I'll help you, whatever the case. Yeah. I mean, ben is just a really yeah. down-to-earth, cool individual. Like I, I, I almost I, said something, but I stopped myself. Go ahead. What's up? I almost said. Oh, <laughs> Lord, girl, you're going to get beat up. <laughs> I know. So I'm going to cut that part. Yes, girl, you're going to get beat up. <laughs> Uh, Blake is a little cut. Were you surprised to see they had some biceps? Did you see those girls? Or I was like, damn. Mm-hmm. Okay, now Blake is cut up. Yeah. Well, Vic is all packed up, and he is making his last trip. And it's kind of emotional, mm-hmm. him leaving the house. And he thought the only way that he would ever leave there would be in a box. And uh, But he's walking into a new life with his new boyfriend at their new place. And they exchange his and her stuffed teddy bears oh. and a very sweet hug. And it's hard, but like they said, it's time. And she said no goodbyes because she, you're yeah, right down like, the street. You're, yeah, like you're not going far. Yeah. I'll see you all the time. Yeah, matter of fact, she said an hour. I'm going to be over there in an hour. But I was like, baby, it's too soon. Yeah, for real. No, not in they an hour. The, they need to christen every room in that apartment, <laughs> yeah. okay, or house Yeah, without you. Give them a little bit of time, Debbie. Give a couple days. Uh, But it does leave Debbie alone for the first time in a little while. And so I think she feels that when the door closes. Yeah, she does. But I just feel like we already we found out that Michael talks to his mom three times a day. Right. He'll just boost it up to five times a day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you'll keep her company, Michael. <laughs> yeah. You got She him. can pick up some extra shifts at the diner. Like, she's going to be fine. I just see her in the comic book shop, the comic book shop every day. Yeah, she's going to start harassing Hunter now. <laughs> yeah. It's his turn. Oh, he's the new sunshine. He's going to be sunset <laughs> Yeah, since he's angry all the time. Yeah. Yeah, it's his turn. 
over at the loft, Justin is in the shower and Brian is doing a very interesting pose as he relieves himself there in the bathroom. And uh, Brian asks Justin if he's coming to Babylon and Justin tells him, no, he's on patrol duty. And Brian is so over his patrol duty. And especially when he notices a bruise on Justin's back. Mm-hmm. Um, and Justin says it's nothing. And Brian says, yeah, this time. Um, and he says, maybe you should take a night off. Even Rage and God get a day of rest. You shouldn't be out there doing all this stuff, kind of looking for trouble, drum, drumming up trouble. And Justin says, we're not looking for trouble. It comes looking for us. Motherfucking straight. Mother, motherfucking straight, guys. What'd he say? Yeah, something. Yeah, he something went Something like off. that. He went on. Like, he was for real. Like, we don't look for trouble. It finds us. These motherfucking straight people yeah. out here coming to us. You know? <laughs> yeah. And he's not He's not here for the shits, okay? Right. They're not taking it anymore. Yeah. And if somebody jumps at them, they're going to jump back. That part. That's just what it is. Okay, we and stay ready. He says, well, he doesn't even care if they die. And like, oh, oh. To well. be a straight. Oh, no. I was like, damn, Justin. Now, now, that's when I said, in that moment, I was like, I'm going to retract every word I said about the pink posse because now, Justin. You, I don't even know who you are. You said yeah. things that I thought you would never say. Mm-hmm. Period. You are, you are a compassionate guy. Mm-hmm. To say that you hope that they die, like, boy, stop it. Like, get out of here. Like, it's just concerning some of the things that yeah, he's saying. Like, is. and I know it's just, it's just anger talking and it's just some high emotion talking, but it's just concerning some of the things that he's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brian says, "Well, I'm glad to hear you're not angry." And Justin says, we're protecting innocent lives. We're standing up for ourselves. What's wrong with that? Well, what's wrong with that is that your actions are motivated by anger. Yeah, that's what's wrong. Yeah, that's that's what's concerning. And and Justin start, is starting to sound more and more hardened and callous. Yeah. That's the that's the problem. So then we go to Babylon, and Michael and Brian are there together. And the song playing keeps saying, you don't appreciate me. And uh, Michael asks Brian if Justin's coming, and Brian's like, ah, oh, maybe later. Yeah. And then he says, he heard that the Pink Posse had a victory on the street, and Brian's like, mm, he don't want to talk about no, that. No, yeah, he was like, yeah, And next. Michael is always just a little bit messy. Always. <laughs> always. Got his nose in something that doesn't belong yeah. to him. Yeah. Well, Brian takes a very big hit of his poppers, I guess. And, um, yeah, because he, he's like, I'm not here for that. I'm not here to talk about that. I'm here to do some, talk mm-hmm. about something different or enjoy something different. I'm at Babylon. Yeah, for real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like, let me enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, well, they see Emmett in... They go over to him. Michael's trying to talk to him. And Emmett is clearly in a mood. He's not trying to hear what Michael's got going on. He gives him the cold shoulder. And then Michael looks like he's about to cry in the club for the, like, hundredth time at this Always. point. Always. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, Brian tells him to go get them some drinks. And so then he goes over to Emmett. And he is going to defend Michael. He's like, anybody who hurts Michael is my business. And Emmett says, well, he hurt me, too. And he's like, you are the one who told me to forget Ted. You're the one who told me that he was he was dead to me and to just, like, move on. And Brian says, well, guess what? He's making a comeback. Like, Jesus, Liza, and Judy. <laughs> <laughs> and so this is how we, what we talked about earlier. Brian's not judging him on what happened. Right. Um, but anyway, he says, listen to me, Honeycut. And, of course, Emma's, don't call me Honeycut. He tells him, don't force Michael to choose between you because you will lose him if you do that. Facts. It's the truth. Uh, I love this scene. Brian does not get enough credit for what he does. He's always pulling strings behind the scenes. Michael didn't have any. Michael doesn't even know that Brian is even having this conversation with Emmett, getting him together real quick. It was right. almost like the standoff of two alphas. Although right. people look at Emmett and say, "Oh, no, he's Emmett's a queen," definitely an alpha. but he's an alpha. They bowed up to each other, and, and I mean, like, who the fuck do you think you are? And then Brian yeah. was like, "I'm letting you know who I am, and this is what's gonna happen." Like, right. it, it was such a dope little scene. Um, to see Brian come for Mike, because we always see Michael come for Brian. Michael come for Brian. Right. Um, Brian's defense. 
But Brian literally stood up for Michael and stood up for Ted and told Emmett some real shit. Like, right. hey, if you try to make them choose, you're going to lose in the end. You right. know, so get it together. Well, in a way, he's helping Emmett, too. He's like, you're going to lose your you're going to lose a good friend if mm-hmm. you do this, if you keep pushing this. Like, he's not saying you can't have your feelings. You can't feel the way you want. It's like, look, just accept that this is the situation with Ted. That's just what it is. And he's like, you can lose all of your friends or you can just decide to (laughs) not push on this. I'm not saying you can't feel how you feel, but just don't push on it. Facts. And then um, what's the other deal was when Brian just told him, oh, and just so you know, the little one you danced with Ramon. 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 (laughs) I had Ramon. And he's got that pencil deck. Okay. When it's sharp and <laughs> Poor Ramon. Poor Ramon. You know, he didn't have anything to do with this. They did not have to insult his manhood. No, they didn't. But I'm glad Brian put it out there so Emmett didn't waste his time. <laughs> yeah, because then mm-hmm. when Ramon came back over, he was like, mm, never mind. Yeah, he gave him a look like, nah, babe, you got that number three. Yeah, you got me this tall to ride this road. Yeah, that part, baby. <laughs> I don't need you just stabbing away now. Okay. Just going to be jabbing. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, my. Well, Justin and Cody are on the street together because they are, you know, paired up for patrol duty. And it's a slow night. And um, Cody says, well, not every night is going to be full of action. He says, especially if they hear that we're fighting back now, they're not going to come here. They're going to be afraid. So we're going to have to go find them. Uh Uh-uh. Yeah. And Justin says, well, I thought we were supposed to be protecting the avenue, protecting Liberty Avenue just right here on the streets. And then Cody's like, yeah, but there's a whole straight world out there. And, you know, we should go out there and take the fight to them, basically, is what he's that saying. That sounds so stupid. Yeah, well, then he goes into this story about um, growing up in a Southern Baptist church and how every Sunday and Wednesday he was told that gay people are going to hell and how terrible they are and how he felt so condemned and how he thought his parents were going to kick him out. We're going to deal with that later, if not in this episode, then in a coming episode. We're going to deal with a lot of the Cody and Pink Posse stuff over the course of a few episodes. It's just going to take a little while to kind of see it all think through it all and, and come up with how we feel about that. And so it's like, I understand you got this personal stuff going on, but it sounds like you're trying to work out your personal stuff through this pink posse thing. That part. And that's probably so, not a good mix. Are you telling me you're going to go to the church and start beating up the, on the pastor and shit? Yeah. Like, I mean, like what, what is next for this? It's like, it's one thing, like we talked about, it's one thing for us to defend ourselves and other people here on Liberty Avenue, but you want us to now go into their world? Yeah. And, I mean, you're going to find a lot of people who may not agree with what you're right, doing. I right, right. I mean, so what you're going to do, you're going to beat everybody up? Right. Even if, I mean, like, come on now. You can't provoke or entrap people. Yeah, it's just what is the goal is what yeah. I, keep, I keep coming back to. Uh, so he says, let's go flush out some homophobes because they've got no action going on there. You can't flush them out in the straight area, fool. Well, that's what they're going to do. But before that, we go back to Babylon and Emmett comes over to Michael and uh, Michael's sitting there at the bar, and Emmett tells him that he's thinking about going blonde. Everybody's thinking about going blonde. Shanda, Chandelier's going blonde. Yeah, for real, yeah. Emmett's going blonde. It was the year everybody went, (laughs) I guess they let the blonde, the the frosted tips go. Yeah, and so so now they're going to do the whole head. Yeah, the whole head now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, then um, they kind of look at each other, and Emmett pulls him over onto the dance floor, and because they love each other, and they're such good friends, and I think at this point now they kind of see well, I definitely Emmett sees where Michael was coming from. I don't know if em- Michael sees where Emmett was coming from, but either way. I don't think Michael's blind. Michael, I mean, he knows where, after Emmett put it out there, mm-hmm. I think he, he you know, it, it hit him hard. Yeah. Um, but I love how they don't have to say, I'm sorry, or do things right. like that. They can have a little conversation. It can be corny and cute and right. a quick little dance and it sums because everything up Because that's how it is mm-hmm. with family. I was just talking to somebody and we were talking about like sibling arguments, sibling fights and how they go. And usually there's no like, I'm sorry. Right. 
you could have done this. Let's do that. It's like, Let's make you up. You hungry? It's just yeah. You just keep yeah. on moving. You want and that's to drink? How it, yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> I got your favorite here. Okay. Yeah. I have a little bit. That's don't, don't sit over here with me though. I know. My sister's like, I got red velvet cake for you. I'm like, all right, fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's and so that's kind of how they are. They are like siblings, and so right. just something simple like that kind of puts them back back together, patches them back up. Mm-hmm. Well, then we go back to Cody and Justin, and they are on the straight streets trying to kick up some dust. And The key word to this, kick up some dust. Exactly. That, like, yeah, there was no dust. No. They finna kick it up. Or if there was, it was settled. Yeah, it was settled. It uh, and so he pulls Justin into a, a kiss. And it, it, what the first time he tries to do it, Justin's like, whoa, wait, what's going on? But Cody's like, no, we're using this to provoke them. And so, Provoke them. Exactly. So then they go along with it. And then, of course, it has the intended effect. There's a guy walking by, tells him to go get a hotel room. And Cody's like, what, you got a problem with this? And then he's like, yeah, I got a problem with it. Well, because Cody, is, the guy's walking away, but Cody's like chasing after him, yeah. continuing to taunt him. And so, of course, the guy's responding. And then he turns around and Cody gets him in a headlock. And then the guy says very triggering words like, all you gays, no, you gays should all get AIDS and die. Yeah. And then Justin's heard those words before. And so. It was a trigger. They, yeah, it was a trigger. And so then we see him yeah, punch this guy's lights out. Literally punched his lights out. Yeah. Here, Justin got a chance to do what he wished he would have done to Hobbs when he saw him at the hospice center. And if I'm being honest, it's kind of what I wished he would have done to Hobbs at the hospice center. But But here, there's something about it that just feels. I don't know. It doesn't give me that satisfaction I was looking for. But for Justin, I think it does give him that satisfaction. I think he feels like he's writing more than one wrong. And I think that there's something about that that is addictive and it's very enticing. And that could be a good thing. That could be a dangerous thing. I actually hate the pink posse now. Like, I'm not a fan of the pink posse. Like, for one, you shouldn't you shouldn't be out seeking trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, you out there provoking people. Okay. I don't know. I'm maybe I'm just not big on PDA anyway. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, like, somebody saying get a room that's not like the end of the world to me. You know, mm-hmm. like I don't know, it's not the end of the world. But you did it on purpose. That's not even your man. Right. Y'all wouldn't even been kissing. Right. You know, like right. You wouldn't even been kissing. Like get out of here. And then the man could have said a lot worse. The boys who came on Liberty Avenue, they had this shit coming to them. Jumping out, the, hanging right. out the window and saying you all that shit. You knew where you were at. You saw the pride flags yeah. all up and down the street. Yeah. This dude was walking. Look, mm. The first time he did was just a little grunt. Mm. Right. And it was like, oh, you said something? I thought you said something about me and my friend. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't say nothing. Like, yeah, no. Nah. I said, yeah, get a room. Oh, this disturbs you? Go back to your area. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you want to do all that. You didn't have to say all that, though. Mm-hmm. You were provoking this conversation to go the way it right. went. And I feel like when you're when you're provoking... I don't it's not even that. genuine at that point. Yeah. It's like, no, you're not trying to protect you're the same. You're doing the same you shit they're doing. You are putting us in danger yeah. now. And that is, yeah. Now, I don't want to just like harp against the pink posse and what they, because I know that this is this is taken from some real life stuff, this is. And so mm. I know that there are other movements that get this way where people feel so pushed all the time, so pushed down that they do start to fight back. And not just fight back, they go, they go to fight. Right. I know that that happens. But yeah, this was just, I... So, okay, one thing I want to go back to. So, in this scene, before it ends, of course, uh, Cody says, when did they start passing out pink triangles? And so, that's one of the things I want to talk about. So, yeah, what is that? in Nazi Germany, the uh, pink triangle with the flat end on the top, that's mm-hmm. how they identified the the gay male uh-uh. uh, yeah, prisoners that they had. And then, of course, they would persecute them. 
Um, and so it was a symbol of of shame and of guilt and all this stuff. And so I think that's why they are wearing these. I think the show writers, the that's pink, why they yeah. went with pink posse to take that back, like take back that identity. What you gave us as a badge of shame, we're taking that back. And we're saying, yeah, we are gay men or whatever. Girl, you go so, ahead. Yeah. So uh, I thought that was because I know a lot of people are like, why are they wearing pink? They look so like, oh, let's go be cliche gay. But like, yeah, that's kind of the point. Right. Was to do that. In your but, face, baby. Mm-hmm, right in your face. Yep. Mm-hmm. I love you when you come with the little facts, <laughs> these little, little tidbits of, yeah. th- of things that I never knew. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that's so dope. I love that. Yeah. But mm. So one more thing I want to talk about. And well, we got... I got a lot of thoughts about the pink posse that I still need to flesh out. So probably next episode we'll talk about it. Let's more. get them out because I don't. Ugh. Yeah, because it it's doing some things to me yeah. emotionally. Um, but anyway, so like I said, they do kiss in this scene. What do you think Brian would think about that? I mean, it was nothing to it, right? Yeah, it wasn't. Think... It wasn't romantic. Yeah. Justin didn't even really want it. At first, he was like, "Well, what's going on?" It was just. It was right. Brian's some... concern would have been like. Okay, you're, now you're provoking because you, exactly. Yeah, why are you? That would have been if you his have problem. to do this kiss just to get some attention or whatever the case, to, to, so you can seek them out. And then now you're in the yeah, wrong. That's what he would have been mad about. Yeah. Like you going out looking for trouble, which yeah. is what you told him you weren't. What are you going to do? So you, it's you, like you're you lying. very much told him that the trouble finds you. Like nah, you, you went found and, the trouble. You went and made some trouble. Like yeah. you put half a cup of this, a third a cup of that. Like <laughs> you had all the ingredients to make some trouble. You did. You did. Yeah. So I don't think he would be upset about the kiss at all. He'll be upset about why, why, they, why it happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That part. Yeah. But yeah. I can't wait to see the next episode though. Yeah. Because I mean, Justin's attitude is just firing out of control. Mm-hmm. So I want to see after this happened, mm-hmm. how does he feel? Does he feel any remorse that he knows that yeah. they sought out this trouble. Right. You know? Well, and there's something in him because in all of these scenes, there's something about him that has hesitated or that has questioned. And so you wonder, will that part surface or right. will that part be buried? Because he, when Cody went to the car, he was like, calm down. When they went over, he's like, why would we go over there? Why would we go to the straight streets? We're just going to protect our streets. And so he's still, he's asking all these questions. And so you wonder if he'll when be like, is that logic going to kick in? Yeah. Or if it's going to come back? Yeah. Or if it'll go away. Or, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. Well, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, that is the end of episode 403. And um, yeah, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, let us know your thoughts on this episode. What y'all think about the Pink Posse? Um, just keep it interactive, like we say. And we had a reader who was like, I think we addressed it earlier, but who was like, oh my God, y'all, y'all respond? That's what we do. We respond. Yes. So keep Send us the, all the stuff. Keep the comments coming. Give us something to talk about. And let us shout you guys out for sure. But um, until next time, guys, we are out of here. Bye. Bye.